Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that thy servant, dear fear of the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Verse 2. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy hand may have not anything in the house, save or accept, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out unto thee uh, unto all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her servants who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the old oil stayed. Verse 7, our final verse. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil. Pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Everyone say amen. amen. We'll refer to these scriptures in just a minute as I get going. I want you to know, as some of you are aware, we are in a series that is designed to be life-changing. If it's life-changing, it must be life-giving. In this series, 400 Strong, God is teaching us how to go after our destinies after experiencing trauma. It's easy to tell people what to do when they ain't been through nothing. It's easy to encourage everybody when your son is shining every day. But how do you deal with when you done been through the worst tragedies, the worst heartbreak? How do I get my life back when I can't get my years back? How do I get my life back when I can't get moments back? There has to be a way and a strength that we can move forward in spite of the past. This text in 1 Samuel 30, which is the basis of our series 400 Strong, is so powerful because it teaches us that we still have to live and go forward although people are still upset with us. Well, it's a powerful understanding that David encourages himself even though everybody else is still upset that he allowed them to be raided. I had to preach that on a few weeks ago because so many of us and preachers and those who've been in the gospel a while, we love 1 Samuel 30, but we don't like 1 Samuel 29. We like 1 Samuel 30, especially the prophecy when God tells David after he prays, uh, uh, pursue and recover all. We love uh, that part of 1 Samuel 30, but we don't like 1 Samuel 28. We don't like the parts preceding 1 Samuel 30 that give us better context that David was cutting the fool. He was cutting up. He was out of alignment. He wasn't walking in faith. He had bought a land called Ziglad that had no protection. It was open game for his enemy. He was so afraid that Saul was going to take his life that he was willing to now team up with the Philistines. And the Philistines are the same group of people that he defeated some years ago when he fought Goliath. What will make you so messed up that now you want to join the first the forces of your enemy fear David is so afraid in these verses that he's acting out of fear and he has brought his people his camp his 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 camp to a place where they have no protection they're mad at so mad at David of his leadership and the harm he's caused they're ready to kill him I got to say this point again because it's too noteworthy I may be wrong I may have not done everything right, but I love myself enough that I'm not going to let you kill me. You can work on forgiving me, but I love me enough. I'm going to talk to somebody that I'm not going to let you kill me. Tell your neighbor, you can forgive me, 
but I can't let you kill me. That's what David did in 1 Samuel 30. You know the scripture. I'm not going there. This is our basis in which we're preaching on. David says he encourages himself in the Lord. He recognized that some of the support he doesn't have is his fault. When I get a real church, we're going to preach in a little bit. Some of the support he doesn't have. Don't be talking about where people always hating on you and don't liking you. Sometimes you messed up and that's why you don't have all the support that you could have. And David recognizes why I don't have the support that I could have because of something I didn't do right. Yet and still, I'm not going to condemn myself. I'm going to live through I'm going to live through this. I dare you to I'm going to live through this too. I got to talk to somebody who got to learn to live through your own mistake you got to learn to live through your own misstep your own missteps this is the verse this is what's happening in first samuel 30 david is learning to live through it because what you can find out that although you may be working on relationships with people to get those things together Tap your neighbor and say, God is still on my side. I got to get to what I'm preaching to, but I got to get through this first corridor that you got to understand although trauma and tragedy will happen in your life and some of it is because our own bad decisions. I want you to know why people are still learning to heal and to forgive you. Don't you ever think that God has turned his back on you and God doesn't love you. When David gets in prayer, the first thing he finds out before he hears pursue and recover all, the first thing he finds out is there's a God that sticks closer than any brother. Everybody else is trying to figure out how to heal and God said I'm over it. Oh, God said I can get over it faster than people. That's why I tell people treat people nice because people are not God. God can get thing over things faster than us humans. Come on somebody. God can get things over it. We find that God gets over it so much so that God is talking about his future. Tell your neighbor God's interested in your future. But I have to open up with these phrases here and these points here because we got to still understand how to deal with hurt people. Tragedy and trauma. One of the things I got to say is just as an opening point to my main points is I don't care what happens in your life. I said, I don't care what happens in your life. I'm going to say it, and I want you to hear me. Don't you ever walk away from God. I don't care what church you go to, and the pastor don't call your name, and the bishop is out of place, out of step, rebukes you publicly, and he don't have all the information. I don't care, because we got too many people majoring in church hurt. And I understand people have hurt you, but I still have something to pick a bone with a few people in the body of Christ where they have been hurt, but you've walked away from God. I got, I got to mess with it now because too many people, out of all the hurt you've been through, and I'm directly relating it to church hurt, God has a problem when you allow somebody else to take your first love. God has a problem when you allow some deacon on the second row with a frailing, with a funny look to take your first love. God has a problem when you allow your spouse to, because they walked away from you. I know it hurt you, but I want you to know God has a problem. God has a problem that because your, your, your spouse walked away, now you walked away from him. I know nobody never told you like that. Some of us make people think that because they are hurt, that gives them a right to walk away from God. No, 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 no. Let me tell you the truth. You better learn through the thick and the thin, the vicissitudes of life, the ups and the downs. One thing you better have on lock is your relationship with God. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. We got too many people still talking about I'm hurt because of what the church has done and their relationship with God is way out of, way out intact. Because one of the things, let me tell you something about it. When you keep your relationship with God, let me tell you why I'm moaning so hard. Because if you keep your relationship with God right, healing with people is bound to happen. 
and what I'm trying to say is some of us been hurt too long I'm gonna work on it a little bit some of us been hurt too long and nobody has pressured you in being hurt I'm just in the beginning I'm going somewhere in second Kings but I got to deal with trauma and tragedy because it has a mindset of making you a victim and not a victor and if you're not careful you'll get stuck with being hurt you'll get stuck in what didn't go right and that'll be your story for the rest of your life but if your relationship with God is intact it's no way that God won't heal you again you may not go back to Mount Nebo church on the second hill around the corner but you will find you another place where you can worship because you will heal if you walk with God you will heal yeah I ain't saying nothing oh I'm gonna deal with this church hurt on both sides you gotta I'm gonna deal with on both sides I already preached hard you missed the one not revival I already preached hard on the pastors and the preachers and the prophets is online if you don't believe I preached on it because some probably think the church don't ever address the issue I addressed it it's online go look at it I did a Wednesday ago two weeks ago I've addressed all the prophets and pastors who's out of line and all that kind of stuff I addressed it go look it up don't look it up all right I'll address it I don't judge look it up but I'm trying to tell you we got to stop walking away from God tell somebody don't walk away from God I think that's my opening I'm good with it because now I can preach now on first King second Kings 4 this woman comes to Elisha the prophet she come to him crying about her dilemma um, and her first understanding of coming to Elisha prophet she wants to know in verse 1 she said prophet my ser the, thy servant and right now she's talking to him in a relationship type tone she says thy servant my husband thy servant he was one of the sons of the prophets and what does mean he was in the school of the prophets he was in the company of the prophets she says Elisha I got a dilemma thy servant my husband is dead and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord and the credit is come to take unto him my two sons to be bombed and I don't want you to understand and miss this woman's pain um, sometime the way we deal with loss means everything this woman is grieving and I don't care what you say you grieve differently when your bills are paid now now my bills being paid don't replace you I, I said my bills being paid don't replace you but while I'm thinking about how I miss you at least I can grieve without distraction because you know it, it takes effort to grieve properly this woman is having a real challenge because her husband is dead but she don't even have time to grieve because at the at knocking at the door is the creditor telling her you don't have time to grieve and tell somebody it takes time to grieve oh it takes time to grieve I can pull in a, a, a shameless plug for all the insurance providers help help your people have time to grieve go and get you some insurance unless you got a whole lot of cash get you some insurance Unless you got a whole lot of money, get you, I ain't saying nothing, get you some, some practical wisdom that'll help you through unexpected or when, when, when loss comes upon your life. Because let me tell you something that none of us want to realize, loss is going to happen. Oh, it's one of the, the toughest moments of life that as much we still can prepare for it, loss is still going to happen. But, but, but can you help lessen how you feel while you're going through the loss? Can I help somebody here today? Can you help lessen? Can I say this? One of the first things I did once I became gainfully employed is I got me some insurance. I'm going to talk here. Let me go on through here and slow down. Because one of the things I understood, if I uh, doesn't wake up tomorrow, I want to make sure that Pastor Robin and the kids are well. So I try to do my part in making sure if I'm absent, my family is okay. But how many know there are times that loss can happen while you're working on something? 
Loss can happen while you were planning something good. Loss can come up all of a sudden where you don't have all your ducks in a row. You are planning to do this and you are planning to do that. And, and loss could happen and take your breath away. Here's a woman trying to grieve and creditors at the door. She don't have time to grieve. She don't have time to grieve. They want their money. And if they don't get their money, their two sons are going to be bondmen or become indentured servants until the debt is paid off. I don't know about you, but maybe you ain't never been to no real pressure in life where you couldn't deal with the thing at hand because something else was going on. You couldn't really heal because something else is going on. How do we deal with trauma and pain and move forward? Oh, I'm telling you, I want you to understand to heal and to heal properly is bigger than you thought about. To heal properly takes more strength than you thought about. Don't you understand what it really takes to recover? Don't you understand how much strength it takes to get your life back? Don't you understand? That's why, that's why we may not see as many comebacks as we should because we underestimate what it really takes to get your groove back. I know Stella got a groove back, but we don't understand what it really takes. But I believe in the sovereignty of God. One of the things that may help us, here I go, I'm trying to move, that helps us even with things that happen. We got to understand, say, heaven allowed it. If heaven allowed it, you can get through it. If heaven allowed it, sometimes things happen and we're asking God why, why this happened, why this happened, why this happened. And I understand sometimes you don't get the whys till years later, but you must understand if heaven allowed it, you can get through it. If heaven allowed it to happen in your house, you can overcome it. If heaven allowed it, if God allowed it through his sovereignty, you say, well, this ain't nothing but the devil. That could be true. But if God still allowed the devil... Y'all ain't want to talk about that. Even if God allowed the tragedy, tell somebody we can get, y'all ain't saying nothing. We can get through it. Heaven allowed this pain. Uh, you got to help me understand. And if heaven allowed this pain, there must be purpose in this pain. There must be profit in this pain. Most of us get stuck in so much pain, pain never become purpose. Most people get, get over pain, pain become a book. <laughs> pain become a new, I wish you go and read the whole story of Walt Disney World. I know they got other agendas, but just read the story of Walt Disney World on how it was discovered. Go and read and you will find out that most of them is about abandonment of somebody not having their mother. Well, when you find out the two boys are part of Walt Disney World, their mother wasn't there and they were dealing with the pain of the loss of their mother. And so most of the stories about the absence of a mother, you know these Walt Disney stories, but where it came from, them thinking about that what it's like to live life without a mother. What they did is put them things in the cartoons, it turned into graphics, and now they're getting paid millions and billions of dollars because they did something with their pain. Most of us go through stuff and do nothing with what we go through. Uh, this is, the, this is the, the dilemma here. This woman comes to Elisha and she's asking him and talking to him out of relationship. And she said, my husband is dead. He's your servant. And I got problems and I don't know what to do. She don't know what to do with her trauma. He don't know what to do with her pain. And here it is, Elisha. He says unto her, verse 2, what shall I do for thee? Now, I don't know about you. When a person's under pressure and you start asking them questions, you better be careful. When a person's under pressure, they don't really have that much patience or peace. And here you are asking questions. I came to you, told you, my thy servant, my husband, is dead. And as I tell you my dilemma, the first thing you want to ask me is, what shall I do for thee? Now, if you can't put the two pieces together, I can see uh, that a, a, the woman could say, if you can't put this together, I done told you. Because see, you don't have much patience when you're frustrated. Now, why you can't put this thing together? I'm nervous. I'm upset. I said, thy servant, my husband, is dead. That's one point. The other point is, and the creditors are coming to take them as servants. 
And then he has the nerve to ask her a question. What shall I do for thee? Then he says, tell me what that I have in the house. Let me tell you, the only way that you're going to get out of this trauma is you got to be challenged out of it. Because sometime in your pain, God will, re God will reveal your laziness. Sometime in your pain, God will reveal. I'm talking about, I know we think God only talks to us when we are healed. God will talk to you while you're hurt. And while this woman is frustrated, and while this woman is trying to figure things out, the prophet through uh, the prophet of God asks her, "What do you want? And what do you have in your house? Can I tell you to overcome your pain? You're gonna have to be challenged out of it. To overcome your pain, there's gonna be some questioning that needs to come towards you. In other words, he's asking you, "What do you want to do about this?" What do you want to do about this? I know you come to ask me for help, but I want to ask you, what do you want to do about what you're dealing with? Because what I told, what I found out in life, you can't take people nowhere they don't want to go. Oh, uh, you can't take people anywhere you don't want to go. I've been pastoring a little bit, and I understand people will smile at you and don't want to go nowhere. You'll preach six series on vision, and after that, you have a meeting, and they act like they ain't heard not one lesson. Because one thing you can't do is make people do something they don't want to do. So he says to her, if you got to give your own self permission to get out of this. You got to give your own self a release to get out of this. So I'm going to ask you who are dealing with the dilemma, what do you want out of your pain? He said, what, what should I do for thee? What thou has in thy house? She said, Thou handmaid have not, watch your words, not anything in thy house except save a pot of oil. What I think he's doing right now again is he's challenging her to be a lifelong learner. He's challenging her, can you grow right now? Ask your neighbor, can you grow right now? I'm not asking you can you grow later. I'm telling you, can you grow with what you're dealing with? I'm not asking you if conditions were better, Pastor. Pastor, if conditions were better, you just don't understand. I'll be one of the best members in truth gatherers. I'm telling you, Pastor, if they could, I'm not asking you how good you will be later on, what you can do. I'm asking you, can you do something now? Can you learn something now? Because this is the first step that for her to open up herself and to give herself permission to grow, giving herself permission to change, giving herself permission to challenge what she thinks she cannot do. Because even in her confession to Elisha, she's, she's confessing that she don't have much. The first thing she says, I don't have nothing but a pot of oil. Say with me, what she begins to even say in through her confession is... I'm just surviving and there's some things that are dormant in my life. When she confesses that she ain't got nothing but a pot of oil, she is confessing that, yeah, I do have something, but there's some things that are dormant. There's some gifts that I have, if I crank them up, maybe I'll be a little better. Maybe there's some things I have that if I start utilizing, maybe I can do something with. With her confession, she begins to recognize she at least has a pot of oil. Tell somebody you have something left. Because when trauma and tragedy happens, what we start thinking is we don't have anything. Come on now. When, when things happen, I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I don't have this, and, and I don't have that, and you start missing everything you do have. That's why when you go through trials and tribulations, like James says, count it all joy. And some of us don't count all the things that God is doing for us when we are going through our trial and tribulation. We're only counting the things that are not going well for us. So one of the things we find out is that sometimes you're not counting, so you got to start counting it all. 
Yeah, we easy count the trouble. Sometimes we don't count the other things. And, and so one of the things I learned to do to get my joy going some days, especially on those days where you're low. Have you been low on joy? Have you ever been low on joy? Have you ever just carried a warning sign on your face that just tells people not today? Hallelujah. Not today. Yesterday was okay. But between yesterday and today, uh, some things happen. And you never had that warning sign on your face that say not today. Amen. Maybe after lunch and maybe closer to 5 p.m. But not right now. All right. And I believe sometimes you got to know how to stir your own joy. And I've been low on joy sometime I get up. I got so many things going on. But I've learned to get just simple to stir my joy. I start saying stuff like, Lord, I just thank you for life. Lord, I thank you that I can see where I'm going. I just thank you that I'm breathing today. I thank you for the activity of my limbs. I thank you for my wife and my children. I start counting all the simple stuff that I'm overlooking. What am I trying to say? Some of you will have a little more joy right now if you just start counting. If you start counting your blessings and naming them one by one. If you just count your blessings and see what God has done. If you just start counting your blessings I tell you you'll have more joy than you have right now. But some of us refuse to count. Hey, he makes her take inventory of what she has in her house. Can you look at your neighbor and say, pray for the preacher? He's only at verse two. And she's, he says, I need you to do inventory of your house. You better be taking notes. Because I'm telling you, God wants you to tap in to what's inside of you. We wonder how people got through this pandemic over the last three years. I know there's been tragedy in the pandemic. But you about to flip the page because that's not the whole story. There are some people have come into great wealth and moved into millionaire status right in the midst of a pandemic. Why? Because in the midst of the pandemic, they stayed full of faith and they start seeing what they can do in the midst of the pandemic. Some of us are waiting to grow when it's over. And when it's over, we'll be at a new season. But other people are trying to live through what they're going through. Tell somebody ain't no telling what God can do right now <laughs> this woman has dormant oil dormant sitting there in the midst of this pain but God through Elisha is saying what do you have God makes you take inventory so you can move forward and now he's going to move on to another mindset so she can use her faith. Go to verse three for me. Yeah, go to verse three for me. He says, then he says, go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors and empty vessels, borrow not a few. He says, you got this oil, but the mindset of most of us, if we're not careful, we are just consumers. We get stuff and hold stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah we do, oh yeah. You ever took inventory of all the stuff you holding ain't doing nothing with? Sometimes I go in my closet, that's why I never try to act like I'm not blessed, because I am blessed. I go in my, shoe, my, my closet and see my shoes, and I get a chance to pick what color cognac, what, what type of cognac shoe is I'm going to wear today. And the reason it took me so long to get dressed is because I got too many options. I would have got dressed much quicker if I had less. I sure would have. But because I'm so blessed, you never think about it like that. You think about it that. The next time you go in there and come out the closet, stump on your feet, I don't got nothing to wear. I want you to go back in there and count them dresses. Count them pair of pants, count those shoes, count all them socks that you can't put together, can't match up, about to throw them away and start over. You ain't saying nothing. You, 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 ain't saying, you count what you have. We're not careful, we're blessed, but just consumers. Elisha is pushing her. I didn't tell y'all the title of my message. Tell your neighbor there's more in you. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I got to teach you how to get more out of you. That's my folks. Elijah said, look, you got this pot of oil. So now you recognize through inventory that you just can't sit here and cry. That's what I already hit that point. Because of what you have, you can't sit here and cry. I'm going to put a little more demand on you. Pastor, right now I'm in pain. Why are you in pain? 
one of the ways you're going to heal, we're going to put demand on you. In other words, if you wasn't, y'all going to have to pray for me today. If you wasn't as gifted, maybe I'll leave you alone. If you wasn't as blessed, maybe I'll leave you alone. But you're sitting there with a pot of oil and you're crying. You're sitting there and what some of us need in our life, I feel the Holy Ghost, y'all gonna have to pray for me today. We need Holy Ghost agitators. I said Holy Ghost, not demon possessed. That's a whole nother, I rebuke you. But I'm talking about Holy Ghost agitator. Somebody who get up in our face and say, do you know who you are? Do you know what you got? Don't you know what you can do? Don't you know destiny is on your life? And why you say, and don't you know what God, you need a Holy Ghost agitator. To get you out of just being a consumer and moving to being a producer. So her mindset has to change, not just about having a pot of oil, but what are you going to do with this pot of oil? Don't you, don't you recognize in the simplest forms that we are big wasters? Do you know that all of us, all of us, I mean all of you, not just me, all of you, could have had your own peach orchard by now. Don't you know that? What, 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 what? Don't you know all of you could have had your own orange grove by now? Don't you know that? Do you understand how many seeds you've had that you've thrown away? Because all you did is consume the fruit and throw away the seed. Do you understand what you could have had? You didn't have to worry about going to the grocery store all the time. You could, you could have made Publix, excuse me, Publix, when Dixie save a lot. All right, give me another grocery store. I'm gonna call all of them out. Walmart, how to call their names. I can't call one name. Because you call one name, then they gotta send me a check for advertisement. So I gotta call all their names. Mm -hmm. Don't you understand that you could have had and, and, and don't you understand, you would have helped the economy and inflation? Because fruit wouldn't have been so high anymore. If you can go in your backyard and get your own fruit. Don't you know you put a, a change in the economy? Why? Because they're not going to get as much sales. Don't you understand that the micro affects the macro? Y'all know I got another education. And if you, if you stop being so wasteful with all your seeds... There are some things you can do, but we're not consumer. We're, we're not. We're only consumer mindsets. We don't have a producer mindset. This Elisha comes to her. He says, first, you got a pot of oil. Oh, I, can, I feel a tension up in this. He said, you got a pot of oil. Now, but let's talk about what we're going to do with this pot of oil. Because you're not just about to count pots of oil every year. What are we going to do with this pot of oil? He says, he says, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors and even... Empty vessels. So don't be discriminate over vessels. Get all these vessels, borrow, and even get empty vessels. So when he says this, it makes me think. He says, he says don't even get vessels that's all the way empty. If we got a little more room to put a little something else in it, get that too. He says, even empty. So if he says even empty, that means it can still need more oil. Now, another way he's trying to say is, don't miss the market where you'll still need it. See, the only way you come, ah, God, y'all gonna have to pray for me today. I hope you're praying. The reason you start coming out of pain and trauma is because something still think I'm good. Something in life keep telling me I'm better than what I'm going through. I can't sit here forever and cry about things that are real and that hurt me. The reason I got to stop crying and stop dealing with complaints and negativity because something keeps demanding I, I come to fruition. Something keeps demanding that it needs me. The empty vessels was calling for the pot of oil. The half full vessels was calling for the pot of oil. I'm half full. But if I had somebody that can pour into me, if I had somebody who can fill me to the rim, oh, I'm on E. But if I had somebody, and the reason you get up out of your pain is because something in the earth still demands your gift. Something in the earth still demands your intelligence. Something in the earth still demands your creativity. Oh, God help me. I'm not going to rush it today. He 
this woman he said stretch your stretch your faith don't take yourself out of the market just trying to say well, I ain't gonna do that no 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 your business woman is to fill vessels that's your gift you got oil you fill vessels many of us get confused when it's time to use our faith about having big faith tell your neighbor stop worrying about having big faith we get worried about everything having to be big and it's, it causes some of us not to move anywhere because we ain't gonna do nothing till it totally look right because they have to be big and I like big and everyone big but the worst type of faith to have is called no faith it don't have to be big tell you never don't have to be big it can be small Jesus said if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed he tells them you get say to this mountain I want you to hear it be thou removed and it'll be cast into the sea so Jesus starts teaching it's not necessarily about big faith tell somebody small faith can do big things Jesus said that Jesus said that so for all of y'all who waiting on some new faith to do something the worst thing you have is no faith Jesus this Elisha is trying to challenge this woman to stretch your faith say stretch your faith he says if you're gonna get more out of you you gotta stretch your faith then he tells her to go stop stop being stuck in neutral you know some of y'all got paralysis of analysis it's a real diagnosis you know, Pastor Joe, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Year one. Pastor Joe, I'm getting ready. I know, year two. You know, Pastor Joe, I'm getting ready. Year five. Pastor Joe, I'm getting ready. I want to know when you're going to go. I understand preparation. I understand planning. But how many of y'all have planned and it still didn't go how you planned it? So what I've learned in what I've learned in life, I plan, but I mostly listen for the goal, because the goal is much more important than the plan. See, you can miss a season trying to work for the perfect time when to go. You got to know when to go, because sometimes you could be planning forever, and I'm I'm with planning, but some people can have planning overdrive. You know, I grew up in the hood. I grew up in the hood. And some young ladies in the, in the hood never learned how to play double dutch. Never how to do double dutch. That's jumping, jump rope. They never learned. Because they were too focused on the two ropes swinging and which one was going to catch them. And while they swinging that rope, they went. <laughs> and you got a whole line of other young ladies saying, go girl, go, go girl, go. If she never goes, they never gonna have a turn. Here she is, girl. Go, go, let her move out the way. Here is somebody who's gonna take a chance. Here's somebody who's gonna watch and find the rhythm of things moving in their life and learn how to go. And I've seen them young ladies get in there and start jumping. Hell, y'all ain't saying nothing. And start touching and, and then start singing songs while they do it and learn how to get in the flow and get in the rhythm. Some of y'all been planning forever and you need to learn the word go. Tell somebody say go. He tells her get out of neutral. You can't have faith and never use it. Yeah, I got So it ain't about you don't have faith. You're just watching stuff transpire. And what happened is you start living in regret. Because when you look back, like, man, I could have went. You know how you start living in regret? Because somebody with less skill than you, less opportunity than you, they went and jumped out and did it, and now they become a testimony that you could have did it five years ago. Yeah, then you be like, huh. He says, go, borrow these vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few, stretch your faith. And without coming, Come, come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all these vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So I want to say this. One of the secrets to life, and he's teaching here in verse 3 and verse 4, that you got to find a rhythm and a system of life. Success has rhythm, patterns, and systems. And he says, 
Now you got this oil, but now you got to implement a rhythm, a pattern, and a system. First of all, you borrow. I already taught this lesson before, but it's too noteworthy to overlook. This has to be supernatural information to tell somebody in debt, go borrow. Read it and you'll get a revelation. Mm, that thing good all by itself. You in debt. And the word of the Lord is, go borrow. Oh, that's mighty by itself. I'll leave it alone. No, I won't. You know, no, I won't. Because there's only broke people who always talk about, I buy everything cash. It's either broke people or people who don't understand how to gain opportunity. So all the millionaires of the world, check their records and check how many loans they have. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about being indebted, overwhelmed, but they know how to find a rhythm by borrowing. It's a system of life. And we don't know how to borrow properly. Now, there's a way to borrow, but millionaires borrow all the time. You think they take up all their cash? They may put a little bit of cash to start things off to show that they are creditable, right? So they are credible, creditable, but they ain't giving up all their cash. That's liquid money. That's flow. No, no, I want some of yours to front what I'm trying to do. See, you don't uh, understand that? You'll check the record. Matter of fact, check the record. I'm, go I'm gone after this point. Check the record of the PPP loans. Y'all won't do it. Millionaires got PPP loans during the pandemic. Millionaires! Well, everybody was sitting around like, what I'm gonna do? I don't trust the government. It was like, <laughs> it was like me either. Signing paperwork, me either. Sign, if it fell through, I'll take it to court. I signed it. Me either. And better off than they were when they started. He tells this woman a supernatural information. I believe there's some more teaching on how to borrow, all right? But he, he tells her, I just want you to understand, God got a way of getting you out of what you're in. I'm trying to just show you, God got a way of growing you past your pain. Y'all with me here? God help me. So the secret here is to find a system and a pattern. He says, shut the door upon thee and thy sons. Lord, go ahead and help me today. I've been saying that for the last 15 minutes. And I think I'm, I'm moving, all right? When I come in, so go borrow these vessels, come back into your house, shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour into all these vessels. So now he's trying to tell her, all right, he's using the principle of how you work in secret and get rewarded openly. See, many of us don't know how to do the hard work that nobody sees. What we're interested in is immediate gratification. And if you're out there parading all the time, you don't have time to work. Unless you're getting paid to be on Instagram and social media, you shouldn't be on there as much as you probably are. Unless you're getting paid for it. Now, if it starts bringing in revenue, it's a job. And if it ain't paying bills, everything else is a hobby. Don't get lost. Well, I'm just passionate about it. Does it pay? Does it feed hungry people? Does it keep roofs over people here? Because you can get passionate about something that don't bring in no money. What you been doing all your time? Oh, I've been doing this. Well, we got the show for it. He says, work in secret, do the work, shut the door. It's, it's, it's talking about private time to be a public success. If you will put in the work privately, you will have the testimony that everybody can recognize. A lot of people won't put in the private work to be a public success. He says, shut the door upon thee and thy sons and thou shalt pour into all these vessels. So uh, the other thing uh, that I'm feeling here that's happening that I got to say right now is that in the midst of this, I want to say that God's trying to give us a strategy for our household. Let me, let me drop a revelation on y'all today. Because do you notice first in the beginning of the text, she tells Elisha, all I have is oil. Once, once her joy get to flowing, her faith get to flowing, now we find out she forgot. She got sons. And he's telling her, you ain't just got sons. 
you have employees. Because remember, we're out of the consumer mindset. We're in a producer mindset. All right, we're running a business now. He said, you don't just have sons, you got employees. So take your two employees, y'all go in here and y'all do the work of the family business. Can I prophesy to somebody who can catch stuff in the spirit? I don't care. God's trying to give you something that can bless your household. God's trying to give you something that can work the vision that becomes generational wealth and generational legacy. But if you can get yourself out of the pain, if you can get yourself out of the fact that your daddy never came to visit you, your mama said something wrong to you, if you can ever get yourself over the and get in the purpose God's trying to give household salvation clap your hands if you can feel what I'm trying to say today God's trying to get this woman into household salvation she says this, you ain't gonna just work this thing see some of us just think we work and everybody else sit idle see let me tell you something that really make you mad you work home you work all day and able bodies Ain't did nothing. You talking about an anger that you're going to need Jesus for. You talking about an anger that's going to make you need Jesus. Especially if those able bodies don't do nothing and they have a whole lot to say. Pray for me. Put me on the prayer team. Put me on not just the prayer list. And put me on the prayer team. Not if they got a whole lot to say and they able bodies. Oh my God. We need a deliverance service up in here. What he's saying to this woman is, don't let able people be idle. I'm going to preach and teach. I'm taking my time. He says, get no two sons of yours. Oh, God, help me today. Get them two sons of yours and let that cute face work a little bit. Let that innocence work a little bit. We're going to employ that face. Hallelujah. We're going to employ that face. We're going to employ those skills on them. He says, get them, bring them into the secret place. Let them see. And their job is to go get vessels. All right. All right. All right. Let me, let me, let me teach you. Let me go on verse four. Let me go on verse four. Verse, verse five. Verse five. Verse five. Verse five. Verse five. So she went from him. Elijah, she got instruction. She shut the door upon her and upon her sons. Come on in here, guys. This is how we do this. Oh, God, I'm teaching something that's going to change lifestyles. I can tell him. He said, bring your children in. Don't let mama and daddy and everybody just work and they don't understand how we get this money. It's time to start talking to them so they can respect how we get this money. Hallelujah. And so they can have a little more appreciation. Come on. It's time to see our children dance and shout because they know how mama and daddy work in private. But when they don't know what you do, they can easily take it for granted. Boy, you don't know what I had to go through to bring this money home, to bring this bacon to the table. You don't know what I... And you're ungrateful. Say, well, I'm going to pull it off my belt. Y'all better pray for me. I don't know who. I'm going to pull it off my belt. Y'all ain't never had my daddy was one of them daddies. Don't make me pull off my belt. Like, man, daddy doesn't want you just want to pull off your belt. But I'm telling you, share. Share. Share how you do this type thing. Because the worst thing you can do is have dependable people don't understand how we get how we get there and how we do what we do. Because we're gonna make you matter of fact, you don't even understand how we make this thing work if I don't talk to you. So Elijah says, bring the sons in the room. Let them understand, educate them. They got a part, all right, verse 5, who brought the vessel up, so they got a job. This is how, I'm still teaching them how to get more of They got a job. Don't let, don't let able people be idle. They got a job. You take that cute face of yours, and you go knock on Miss Susie there. Door, and let me teach you how to be nice. Can I, Lord, I'm going to just teach it how I feel it. Let me give you some skills that's going to follow you as an adult, and you're going to be so contagious in interviews, it's going to take bosses two weeks in a fast to decide who they're going to decide because they can't get you out of their mind. They're going to say, but that boy, that Davis boy, that Davis girl, man, she didn't have all the skills, but something about her. Oh, something, every time she said, you can't, y'all heard her kept saying that? I don't know what it is. If you ever hired somebody, sometimes you don't always hire them because they have everything in a row. Sometimes there's something special about them. Now, I don't know what it is about you. You may not be as qualified as somebody else, but something about you. I don't know about you, but I want to teach my children the mojo sauce. I want to teach them how to walk into a room with confidence and know who they are. Whatever they have, I feel this thing. And be able to work a deal with them words and be able to work a deal with their body language be able to work that deal knowing what their daddy and mama been through that they can talk about process analysis
verses. Y'all ain't say what I'm talking about. Oh, I feel it. God, bring them boys in the room. Show you how you work. Show them how the business goes. Lord, I, hear, I feel generational legacy. I just want you to praise God. That generational legacy is falling on our families. And I ain't going to be broke like my granddaddy was broke. I ain't going to be hurt forever like my mama was hurt. I'm going to work through this pain. My family not going to be known for being broken drunkards. And people who can't get themselves together. I'm getting myself together. Hey, shit. Oh, God, help me. I got a few more points. Come on, give me the Lord. Help me. I'm just going to preach it like I feel it. He says, get in there, shut the door, and get to work. Take your sons in there. Teach them how to work vessels. Go get vessels. Go to the door of them two kids with them nice faces. Miss Susie. My mama has some oil, but she don't have no vessels. Oh, baby. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But she don't have no vessels. Oh, baby. You better say, daddy. Y'all know, know I got a little bit of theater side in me. And, and the daddy, who that at the door, baby? That's the little kids from the neighborhood. All right, what do they want? They want some, some vessels. I'm so glad they helped. Y'all go in that backyard. I get all them vessels out of there. She been holding all them vessels. Talking about she gonna do something with it. Man, yeah, them vessels been out there for years. But matter of fact, y'all helping my honey do this. I was gonna have to do something. Come on in here and get these vessels, kids. And then the kids begin to learn to say, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. They come home with all these vessels. Mama said, how you got that? Oh, mama, I worked it this time. Oh, I worked this this time. We've been taking turns on who gonna talk at the door. Yeah, see what I'm saying? He teaches them interview skills. Teach them how to go ask. Too many of our children, I'm feeling something in the Holy Ghost today. Two of my children are too timid and don't know how to ask. If anything God teaches us as Christian children is how to ask, how to ask. We have not because we ask not. And let me tell you, if I don't have it now, I may be just an ask away from it. If it ain't happening now, I may just be an ask. Some things you don't have because you don't ask. I tell you one thing that personally frustrates me, and it may be your personal thing, so I'm not saying you got to be upset while I'm upset. But one thing that personally upset me is a person that I love that I want to help waits forever to ask me for help. A person I love that I want to help that I could try to do whatever I can to help wait to the last minute to ask me. Now, I do appreciate people who do all they can before they ask. I do appreciate that. But after you done done all you can, ask, and you know you ain't got nothing else, you need to ask. Because when you wait to the last minute to ask, you're putting more pressure on me. And I want to help. And I want to help. But you can't call me on the 29th and the rent due on the 30th. You can't do that all the time. You know, I may be building a new skyscraper or something and got my money's tied up. Because I ain't never claiming broke. You know, I just may have my money's going to other places that I can't go towards you. So don't wait all the time to ask. You never know what's available to you if you learn to ask. All right, I'm not talking about being lazy. Some of us be in holes. I mean, deep, 40-foot holes. Well, we down there. Johnny, you're down there. You're down there, Johnny. I'm down here. But you ain't asked for help. We had to come look for you and we find you in a 40 foot hole. And we, I think I hear, yeah. There are certain things you can get out much quicker if you learn to ask. Can I even go back to verse one? That the reason that we're down in verse five is because she asked. The reason we're down in verse five is she went back to her tribe of people. I'm going to preach it like I feel it. Because some of us don't ask because we act like nobody loves us. Get rid of that sad story that nobody loves you. Ain't nobody can love on you if we don't know what you're going through. Ain't nobody can love on you. But at least she went back to her tribe. Went back to her family. She used family words. She said, your servant, my husband. She says, we connected. Can I get any type of withdrawal? Some of us don't get no help. Because we won't ask. And then when we ask, we wait till the last minute. 
and we and we just we just notorious for setting up miracles. We're just notorious for setting up. I mean, we almost got like a PhD in how to set up a miracle. We wait, we stretch that thing out. We know we just barely making it, but we wait till the longest time. And then you definitely need a miracle. And then when you speak up about it, you're so upset that the person couldn't help you. I knew I shouldn't ask somebody. You got the wrong attitude. I knew I shouldn't ask somebody. That's why I don't ask nobody. That's why I just do it all by myself. Your life going to always be slow. Your life going to always be drip and drop in the blessings if you hadn't learned how to connect the people and learn to ask. This woman is teaching her children how to ask. Go to his neighbor's house and learn how to ask. I believe, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a way to ask. Don't just ask. There's even a way to ask. There's a way to ask. Don't ask me like it belongs to you. See, I'm just preaching how I feel so you don't think that I'm messing with anybody. Don't ask, don't ask me like it belongs to you. Ask me like it's mine. Don't you understand that's what banks respect? When you ask like it's theirs and that you're going to pay them back on time and you understand the terms of the agreement. Hallelujah. No, you can't come borrow no more money and you ain't paid the last one. And, and you skip payments. The bonus and the nerve of you. I, know, I don't know why I'm preaching this way. I feel like God is talking to somebody and I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling bad right now. I don't know how to feel right now. I feel like God's talking to somebody. I almost want to just turn this way so it just looks like I ain't talking to nobody. I don't know what it is. But, 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 but you, you can't. The bonus you have to come and ask again and you ain't paid me from the last time. And let's bring it up when you ask again. Don't skip over that you didn't pay me. At least bring it up. Now, now I can see there's a little bit of cognitive understanding. Something's happening here. But if you ask me without telling me that you didn't pay me last time. There's a way to ask. Tell somebody there's a way to ask. She tells her sons, go ask. Go ask. Bring these vessels. And her job is, again, I'm teaching systems here at the same point. You got to understand everybody has a job. You say everybody has a job. Notice this in the system. She says, your job is to borrow vessels, to ask, and to come back with empty vessels or have full vessels. My job is to pour. God trusted me to pour. I can't be giving over my job to somebody else. Can I talk to somebody today who's never going to get what's really in you until you stop passing the buck? Every time God's calling you to do something, you always want to find somebody else to do what God has called you to do. There's times you got to step into your gift and your role. This woman has to begin to do the one that been in the pouring. And she has to be comfortable that she can do the pouring. And some of us, God is calling us to step up and step out. But every time God knocks on our door, we say, God must be knocking on my neighbor door. No, God's knocking on your door and he's telling this woman, you are to pour. And I'm telling you in life, let me tell you something. You got to learn how to even, this is what even the thing I'm learning, learning even myself even more. You got to learn how to even, this is the other part about when you're really getting good in your, your gift. Let me say it now. You got to learn how to reserve yourself for the things you are best at. You got to learn how to reserve yourself for the things that you are best. I already told a little bit, don't be having passion for everything that don't bring some income, some level of income, all right? Indirectly, passively, some type of way it got to flow back to blessing and feeding my house, all right? All right? But, and blessing your life and moving you forward, all right? But, but, but you, you, you just got to be careful um, that you're not passing the buck. And you're reserving yourself for where you have the highest skill set and the best abilities. You know, one of the things I've learned, I'll share this personally, when, I was, when the church started to grow and take off, some of the things I still love to do, I wasn't able to do. And I was grieving and having some challenges on it. I'm using the word grieve, but I was having some challenges with it. One of the things I love to do, I like to cut the grass. I like cutting grass. And I don't want, really didn't want anybody to cut my grass. I wanted to cut the grass. I wanted to see all the lines going down. I wanted to trim the hedges. And I did. And I did it on Saturdays. When you wake up Sunday morning, and you tired, and you gotta preach, and you like, well, you know what? I think I'm gonna trade my time. I'm gonna.
pay somebody to do the thing that I want done a certain way so I can reserve myself and have the strength to do what I need to do on Sunday morning. The church was growing, I had to give strength, and, and I had the money, so I, I had the money. Sometimes you don't have options, tell somebody, you gotta do it all. all right, you can't be complaining if you ain't got the money. Now let me say that clearly. You can't now have the grass cut and now have the bills paid. All right, you can't do that, all right? So, but if I had the money, but I was bound, I wanna cut my own grass. I wanna pay nobody, I'm adding it up, $70, man, I gotta buy two pairs of shoes. I gotta do this, you know, you know I'm adding it up, you know what I'm saying? Stuff, stuff we do. But I understand that something was happening to me with the church that I needed to have more focus in the things I was better at. Because I wasn't, not that nothing is against it, I may do this later on, but I wasn't looking to start a lawn business. Right? So if I'm not looking to start a lawn business and use my yard as part of the advertisement, because how many know you can't have a lawn business and your, to your yard tow up for the flow up? How many, y'all, you know that. I had to say that. You, you can't have a word out in the street, boy, he can cut somebody else's yard, but he can't cut his own. <laughs> what? Y'all ain't said nothing, y'all. <laughs> so you have to reserve yourself for your best use. And I'm telling you, sometimes in life, you got to understand how to exchange time so you can be the best at what you got to be. Everybody say atmospheres, cultures, and systems. I'm in the last point. I told you I was going to get there. Verse 6, I got two more points. Verse 6, 7. And it came to pass when the vessels were full. She said unto her son, bring me out of another vessel. He said unto her, there is not a vessel more. So they had already maximized borrowing vessels. And she still said, and the Bible says, and the oil stayed, which means the oil is not flowing anymore because all the vessels that they had, they have already filled. There comes a time in your life where you have worked your gift in a certain season and maximized everything in that place. There comes times where you've been on jobs as long as you can be on there. You've been faithful. You've been doing good. You've maximized it. And there is nothing else to do. Don't get confused in those moments. The oil is still there. It's about what you're going to do next with your oil. There are times in your life you can outgrow a certain position. You can outgrow a certain season. You can outgrow a certain place. And one of the things I like, to, I used to like to use the word outgrow. All right, I want to say outgrow. It differs when you are frustrated. Because you can get frustrated and want to leave anything. When you outgrow, it means that you got fruitfulness and testimony and you produce something while you was there. The oil stays. And so there sometimes comes in life, you got to learn to make shifts and changes. Some of us are just creatures of habit, and I respect habit, but some of us don't understand when our season has changed. Sometimes it's time to shift. Sometimes it's time to move. I don't even become a pastor, and I like to say this because it's true. I don't even become a pastor that think that everybody has to be that truth gathers for the rest of their lives. I don't even pastor that way. I don't even think that way. Now, I don't think I'm trying to give you away. You all that. I'm trying to hold on to you till Jesus come. That's my job is to create an atmosphere that you want to stay. It's a difference in creating an atmosphere where people want to stay than creating an atmosphere where people can't leave. It's a totally different atmosphere. My job is to create an atmosphere through leadership and what we do that you want to stay. But I never want to create an atmosphere that you can't leave. I would feel like you can't leave. See what I'm trying to say? It's a whole different type of way we do business. And I'm telling you, there are times in your life. And so I don't necessarily get mad when people do sh shift churches. I don't get mad about that. But I do like to say, don't shift churches and go backwards. I'm, I'm going to say it today. Don't shift and go backwards. If you shift, you better go forward. When I see you in the grocery store, we better be able to dance and shout about what's going on in your life. Don't you be shifting. At least go forward. I'm just saying. And if you want to go backwards, that's still your decision. But my heart is you go forward. All right. Everybody say the all stay. I want you to say, I'm going to say this because some of you at season changes. I'm getting ready to pray. I want you to say, I still have the oil. I want you to say it again. Say, I still have the oil. I'm having some of you say that because you have worked, you have served in certain things, certain places, and you're at this place of change and shift. You don't know what to do. 
But the first thing I want to recognize, you still had the oil. That means you just got to find what to do next with your oil. I also wanted to say this because I also wanted to preserve that you don't let nobody take your oil. That you don't let nobody take your oil. Because sometimes when seasons change and you're not getting the same results that you're accustomed to, if you're not careful, you will get seduced that you don't have the oil no more. And somebody will take your oil and go use your oil and you think that you ain't had the oil no more. But the truth of the matter, you had the oil, but you didn't know what to do with the oil in that season. So the only reason the oil stopped flowing because they're at a juncture. They're at a crossroad. They have maximized, I'm using business terms, they have maximized the market. Verse 7, I'm about through. Then she came and told the man of God. She said, my son just reported to me that there are no more vessels out there. What do we do with the oil? And he said, go. Another go. The first go was get out of stuck. He told her, go, go borrow vessels. That's the first go. Second go, he tells us, go sell the oil. The oil you have left, the oil that you've been using to pour into it, go sell the oil. Pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. So the principle he's giving here is you built a legacy through maximizing your faith. There are some principles that you have learned through this trauma you've overcome. When he say live off the rest, it's not just the proceeds of selling the oil. It's also the principles you learned in the process of selling the oil. He said, now live off the principles and the profits of what you have learned throughout the season. And what God was trying to teach us this is how to build this legacy. He said, live thou and thy children of the rest. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.